Coming to you live from Washington, D.C., Artist and Alley, with your host, the girl who won't stop quoting John Mulaney, your friend and mine, Allie Crump. Yep, thanks, Joe. Joe, you really got jokes. All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Artist and Alley. My name is, you guessed it, Allie, and this is the podcast where I give you an all-access pass to your new favorite artist. On this episode, we dive into the world of the one and only No Disco. I have had No Disco's music in my heavy rotation since first hearing Thoughts from Your Car, and now, most recently, his mixtape, Who Knew I'd Write Songs About You. We sat down with Chris and talked a lot about this project, how his relationship with music has really formed his own aesthetic, um, where a lot of his inspiration has come from, and literally so much more. It's a little thick episode, um, so stick around. Um, The mixtape Who Knew I'd Write Songs About You came out this week. Um, It is a beautifully curated record. It is made to listen in order, front to back, start to finish. Everything really is made with a purpose. Himself, Chris No Disco, Milano, and Mickey Bradolino from Valley have crafted a well-told story of a romantic relationship through seven songs that are perfectly unique and cinematic in feel. So get ready. It's, it's, it's a great podcast, great record, listen to it all. But before we get into the episode, here is some current music news. Netflix and Banger Films have announced This Is Pop. It is an eight-part docuseries that will examine untold stories from pop music history. Already, they've announced episodes featuring Brandy Carlisle, T-Pain, Boys to Men, Steve Earle, Chuck D, and Shania Twain. The series will highlight significant moments in pop music that has really impacted our culture at large. All eight episodes will premiere on Netflix on June 22nd. Um, producer Amanda Burt said, It's more than the charts or what floats out of a car radio. It is a perfect time capsule of how people were living as it was made, how they danced, loved, cried as it was heard. I am quite excited to see that one. I really do enjoy a deep dive into, you know, things that have really impacted our history. Um, Trigger warning, um, sexual assault. Uh, In an emotional interview during the premiere of Oprah Winfrey and Prince Harry's mental health docuseries, The Me You Can't See, Lady Gaga has reflected on lingering effects of being sexually assaulted as a teenager, then becoming pregnant and struggling to cope with the ongoing abuse inflicted by a producer that she has not named. Um, she And quote, I just froze and I don't even remember and I will not say his name. I understand this Me Too movement and I understand that people feel real comfortable with this, but I do not. And she even says, she continues to say, I don't tell this story for my own self-service because, to be honest, it's hard to tell. I feel a lot of shame. How do I explain that I have privilege, I have money, I have power, and I'm miserable? Um, The whole thing just kind of gave me chills, and this will be debuting on The Me You Can't See on Apple TV. Lastly, singer Demi Lovato has announced that they are non-binary and changed their pronouns to they, them. In a Twitter video early on this past Wednesday introducing their new podcast, the pop singer says they don't identify as either male or female, and quote, I want to take this moment to share something with you very personal, and over the last year and a half, I've done some healing and self-reflective work, and through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. So congrats, Demi. And I like to give a little bit of music history every podcast, and this one fits so perfectly this week with this week's episode with No Disco. On May 18th in 1999, the Backstreet Boys released their third studio album, Millennium, 
and it is still one of the best-selling albums of all time with over 30 million copies sold. And finally, I like to give my last five like songs on Spotify just to give a little bit of a glimpse of what I'm listening to. Hopefully it's a recommendation, whatever this looks like for you. Could get weird, but yet we have not had a weird week yet. (laughs) Um, Dayglow released his album Harmony House, so number one on my list is Crying on the Dance Floor. Um... I, I've really started digging Dayglow. If you listen to the episode with Veya, we talked about Dayglow, um, and it's very exciting to hear this whole record. Um, number two on that list is Stop Making This Hurt by Bleachers. Bleachers is back. I've bought concert tickets. I've bought the record. Um, it's, I'm, it's so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and then next on this list, number three, is Leader of the Landside by the Lumineers. Similar to last week, I have gone from John Mayer. I have gone from John Mayer and hopped to Daniel Caesar. And now I'm at the Lumineers. Do not ask me why. We're just there. Um, next up is Rolled Down Window by John the Ghost. Um, John from the Main has released a solo project recently. Um, and I've finally taken a little deep dive into it. And this song is so good. Um, and number five on my list is a song called Crazy for Your Love by Johnny. Um, that's it. It's just so good. All five of those songs I think are really great and I think would be a great fit on anyone's playlist. And it's just about that time to get into the episode. But before we do, I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you hear on this podcast, please follow us. Give us a like, subscribe, follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you want to watch the video version, that is also on YouTube at Artist and Alley. Um, and for No Disco, feel free to follow No Disco at No Disco World. Um, I seriously can't stop talking about how great this record is. I showed it to my friend last night. Um, in the car while we were on the way to go get some food and great reviews all around so I think everybody should give it a little little bit of a go Um, so again that's at no disco world and the mixtape who knew I'd write songs about you let's get into the episode So hailing all the way from the Toronto area, we have No Disco on the show today. No Disco's song tell a cinematic tale of varying degrees of love. He is a bundle of 90s nostalgia incorporating from a variety of genres. Each song keeps you on your toes and you truly never know what you're going to get. He's been on the scene since about 2019, but has been making a permanent residence in many people's minds. He is the artist behind my second and top, uh, second and third top songs of 2020 on Spotify and will likely keep that title in 2021 um he is so talented and i'm so excited to be able to pick his brain and learn more about the project and also the mixtape who knew i'd write songs about you welcome to the show chris what an amazing intro (laughs) and how nice to see such an old friend now I know. I feel like we've known each other for a while. Um, For those of you who don't know, (laughs) what's that? We're kind of old friends now. Yeah. I mean, I wish Sydney could be here. Um, Sydney, well, I mean, to kind of start off, I like to tell people how I found them because that kind of says what's working because I'm, you know, the stereotypical fan. Um, And Sydney found you through Valley um, because she had just seen them. And then I think either your song was playing before the show or they posted. I don't remember the exact scenario. And Sydney sent, here's a good song. She sends it to me and then kind of everything explodes because we both listen to the song over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was honestly a very perfect storm how it came out when they were on the band Camino tour, because that was kind of like very much in my head that like, well, they're on tour. I made the song with Mike. So like, 
obviously he's going to kind of share it and this will go into like how I feel about shows and how we've lost them. But like, you know, people were going every night and, and they were actively seeing Valley going to their Instagram. Oh, they're sharing a story. So, so it, it was very easy to get everyone to, you know, listen to the song that has all changed with the loss of shows that I could go on forever. about. But anyway, that's, that's that. And that's amazing that that happened. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I could talk about it for hours about how much I love your music and how much your aesthetic is. We'll get into it. <laughs> um, but I kind of want to start off with some easy questions for you. Um, what is your plug-in song? When you get in the car and you plug in your phone, what is the first song that plays? Recently, um, Come Back Down by Lifehouse, I think. Um, my favorite song as a kid was um, You and Me by that band mm-hmm. and as I've just been kind try, kind of trying to like um, broaden my horizons and listen to a lot more. Um, I've been listening to a lot of post grunge recently and oh, there's just so many songs on that album that are like just as good as you and me. So uh, come back down is the first song on that album. And it's really, really good. So that's, that's recently what I've been plugging in. Okay. Okay. Not too bad. So kind of like you said that Lifehouse is the you and me is one of the favorite songs or your first like favorite song was like it was when I had my iPad that was like or iPad sorry iPod that was like glued to me as a kid. You know, the parents are like, oh, yeah, you can buy like an album or you can buy like a song uh, per week or something. And first, I don't know why. Maybe I heard it on the radio or something. But yeah, that was just like I just remember constantly just listening to that as a kid. Um, and yeah, it just kind of is this song with like a really great verse that has a great theme. And then a chorus that's just like huge and, and you know, just huge chorus i love that so for me it's just like a very well written song and it's just kind of resonated with me for a long time so did your parents have a huge influence on your music taste growing up because i know for me my dad was very much into like pink floyd led zeppelin and my mom was very much into the motown type stuff um Mm -hmm. so i attribute like everything i listen to because of the kind of shit show that we listen to in the house um Mm -hmm. what about like how did your growing up affect your music taste so um my mom, so both my parents didn't fit like the typical dad or mom rock thing. Like, no offense to Father Crump here, but like, <laughs> you know, that is very like, that's what's considered dad rock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's mom rock, but I guess my mom, like, so my mom's favorite band was the Carpenters. Um, mm-hmm. That I also, to this day, like more so when I got older, even as a kid, I kind of listened to them, but as I got older, really started to to listen to them and uh they're incredible so that was like my mom's taste in music and then my dad he was always like ah, i don't i don't care for that 70s stuff he was very 80s all the time um but you know particularly kind of shamelessly into the pop stuff like he's like yeah i, I like madonna big deal you know like meanwhile some other guys would be like uh, yeah i don't listen to madonna uh, yeah i like floyd you know like he was very shamelessly about what he liked. And then, you know, I think that that's kind of carried on to me too. Like, you know, I very shamelessly like Backstreet Boys and, and, you know, whatever 
boy band new edition is another huge influence of mine who um in one of the songs i send you um second summer is you know that song is very much just new edition particularly ralph tresvon's solo album but anyway so i kind of i think took that from um my dad where it's just like yeah i just like what i like and and i was never a ashamed or like afraid that like people didn't think it was cool i was almost, like i almost find it like thrilling to be like no, no no i'll tell you why backstreet boys is good okay just sit there and let me just tell you this is masterful work here mm-hmm. but anyway that's that was kind of my my situation growing up how, how was the music scene are you from like dead toronto like dead in toronto or are you kind of like in a suburb yeah toronto is dead that is the- <laughs> We're, we're locked down again right now. So, um, you know, that's that. But um, yes, I am from Toronto, Toronto. Yeah. So I, honestly, I never really knew too much about it because I, I wasn't in it. Like I wasn't in bands before this. I wasn't in I didn't have a solo project that then didn't work. And then I started this like this was it. This was everything. It just this was the thing that started it. So I never really knew anyone in music or like seriously in music. Like I knew people that like habitually played who, you know, were, were just, were just casually like, yeah, yeah, I'll jam, but they weren't like, Oh, I'm going to be in a band now. And okay. You're in a band. Okay. But we're going to be in a band that like tours the U S and does the, you know, like that was always the only way that I thought of doing music. It wasn't, it could never be like, yeah, I'll play the bar over there. Like it always had to be the big picture thing, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anyone. So it kind of, um, I've said it before, but it kind of just was a very, I just kind of put my head down. I was like, I got to find someone. And I tried and tried and tried never worked. And then a roommate of mine at the time and still a good friend of mine, Zach. So then he was like, Oh, you should link with them. Um, I know the, the, the dude, Mike in the band, and maybe he could like mix one of your songs and then you could connect. And I was like, yeah, sure. So then we connected. And then from there we just kind of became friends and yeah, that's, that's my relationship with Toronto. But then, you know, as soon as I put out thoughts in your car, very immediately, all of my audience was American. Like I have some listenership in Canada, but like it's constantly, it's mainly like been propelled by how well thoughts from your car is done in discover weekly. Um, but it's just American. Like it's very, very American. My listenership and my team has just become American too. My manager now, um, a ton of people that I'm working with all in America. So that's why I'm coming there in June. What? Well, uh, not to play shows. It's not oh, good. It's like, well, it's you not, can't drop this on me. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if if that was announced, I would be jumping out my window right now. It, it's not that big of a drop, but I would be that excited. But um, no, 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 I'm just coming down to like meet people and oh, sick. write people and finally getting out of here. I lo- this is a pretty nice country, but like I'm very excited <laughs> about the states. I've always loved the concept of America, but just never thought it would happen. But I kept persistent. Blah 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 blah. Here we are. Things so, are coming, so can I pick your brain about your like your coming of age story, I guess. Like so 
kind of thinking about childhood and then somewhere along the lines you picked up music like you went to college correct and then was that yes. did you study music or was that kind of like i'm gonna study business and then just be like i'm just gonna do music how did that how did that all kind of come together i went to university because that was just what you do like everyone's just like oh well you have to go to university i was like why and they're just like oh well you have to do that and i was like what like everyone like especially the high school i went to i went to a pretty preppy high school and everyone just like went to like the best university in Canada and stuff. And I was like, well, I have to go to some sort of. <laughs> so then I went and, you know, I got my degree and whatever. But the whole time, the whole time I was just looking for band members and just like was working on music, like constantly just like building everything to get to the point that I knew it could like be a thing. And that's why I kind of like took my time and, and very particularly released things at a specific time because I just wanted to be like, when this starts, everything is together. Like I've taken down one song so far, Love You Early. But other Did than you? that, yeah. Other than that, everything is just, this is it. Like there isn't like an EP and then like- I'm hurt. I'm like just how, saying I'm very hurt by that. But no, like- no, it's a good live song. I think I might keep it as a live song, but I just don't love it as a song. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that everything was good to go and it just started. And because I know about momentum and funny enough, you know, the momentum kind of got um, derailed by a certain thing that came around and messed up the whole world. But I think this, I got lucky because I didn't totally start but i still do feel like it's not a good thing that the momentum kind of got stopped with um covid but anyway i think it'll build up again but um yeah i just took my time and and made sure that like everything was together and before i started e it. everything fits together and I am a big proponent of visuals and I know that it's about the music, but as somebody who spent their whole life worrying about media and photography and like all of these things, and I've been trained to look at those things, I always look for it. So when you started releasing music videos and th first of all, the, the vertical video, I am obsessed with because it's, you know, so people are slowly doing it like because of Spotify, but mm -hmm. I, I literally saw it. I watched it like 30 times and I sent it to my like nerdy film friends because yeah. I was like, we're going to have a discussion about this. Like how it was, I think I reached out to you about how it was shot. If you shot it vertically or horizontally, horizontally, um, and we had a whole like, <laughs> like dissertation essentially about oh, the video because we were so in, in, just infatuated with it. As a oh visual God. medium. And I like everything you do has like the it's obviously an incredible song. All of them are. And then you have an incredible visual to go along with them, whether it's the album art or um, the music video or what whatever you're putting. It all goes so well together and it all kind of lives in its own world from what I understand. And you can like obviously talk more about how you're like kind of curating it all to fit if you want. Yeah, like for me. See, because I, in, in talking to other people too, there are like two arguments here. Like for me, it was like, okay, so I'm going to do all these things very particularly from the beginning, whether it's the visuals, this, that, 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 that. 
and I'm going to have this concept conceptual record and this and that and that. And that's really cool. Right. Like I, if someone did that, like if an artist that I liked or just found did that, I would be like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And I would like ride or die for it. But there is something to be said about like, when you don't have the audience yet, there isn't enough people to like take in that work. If you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. like one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is like songs have been streaming well. Like I can't complain. Like this has been like a very good, like beginning to a career, but there is part of me that was like, was it too soon to be too conceptual and, and like, you know, could that have waited? Because like, first of all, it couldn't have, because it's, it's very like, um, uh, autobiographical, like it's, it, that's literally like what just happened to me. So like, you know, there is that, but I don't know. Like, I, I kind of feel like for me right now, thoughts of your car is doing well, but you kind of need like one song to do really well and to like have people behind you before you drop like a, a project with like that much like meaning, I guess, because I think I've always battled with like, just doing art because it feels good, but then also doing art to like make a living off of it and like make a comfortable living off of it, which is like what I want to do. So like part of me is like, write like a really accessible song that then gets people to, you know, look at your, you you know, like that, like serious, like insanely put together project. Um, But the other half of me is like, well, just do what's like totally, real to you so like uh, it's it's very hard to like navigate it um but but yeah but with all that said like i'm never gonna sacrifice that like it's always like the art before anything else and like it's consistently built which is good like i haven't like lost people along the way but like you know one of the things you have to start thinking about as an artist is like um as much as like the cool visual stuff and whatever I can make and as tight as my Instagram looks, like I still need to grow it. Like one of the things that I'm stressing with, with my team right now is like, okay, my visuals are cool, but are my socials growing at all? Like, how am I going to get people to look at how cool this project is? If shows were happening, I wouldn't have that issue, but they're not. So it's either like become e-boy or fall into obscurity. Or just like kind of stay with like no growth. And that's been a huge stressor for me because I wanted shows to be the main source of growth and my social media to be complementary to that. But now it's like, that's all you got. You better be an e-boy. And it's like, like, I guess, but like, like, go pierce my ears and, you know, (laughs) go get a new wardrobe. Yeah. Like, Although my wardrobe's already spectacular. Like, I don't know if I need to do that. No, okay. But, okay. <laughs> but, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's just been a very stressful year because, like, you know, even right now, I'm like, okay, do we do another vi- music video or, like, do I just start, like, TikToking a bunch to get everyone to, like, look at what I've done already? Yeah. Right? It's really interesting you bring that stuff up because the band I talked to yesterday and as I release this episode, I think their episode's after you, so I'm not going to say their name. Um, Um, 
they are like popping off on reddit live streams and they Uh-oh. have this like whole like setup that somebody switches and they have like three different iphone cameras and they have like i never knew that reddit was a thing to like you know blast your music out on because i don't use reddit for that way i look at like weird theories and like you know completely unrelated stuff to that and the fact that that is another medium to look out for because obviously tiktok is a huge one right now and you know bands are getting hundreds of thousand followers just off of you know we're gonna make this song today and like the growth from that alone is insane but just in in general music discovery right now is such a weird game because all of the things you said and um, without touring and all that stuff, it's like, as a fan of music, like, I don't know where to look anymore. Because if I go to TikTok, it's like 90% of the stuff, like, isn't my jam. The other 10% is my jam, but it's like, is it just for TikTok? And then if you go to their music and it's just not consistent, it's it's really confusing. Well, that's like so many of the conversations I'm having too, right? Is like, especially in this age, everyone can upload music. Like, literally everyone. So like for me, what I did was I was like, okay, I understand that. So like if I create an insane live show and I I do all that like groundwork, I'm not just a kid that like uploads a song, goes viral, a record label goes, oh, look, the song's popping. Okay, here, let's give you a record deal. And then you're like, whoa, a record deal. And then they just own a song and then you have no growth. You have no sustainable career. So for me, I was like, okay make a good live show. Music is live. Like, I don't care what anyone says. It's like literally the most important thing to music is shows. So like do that. And then, you know, that's like how you're going to be a sustainable career act rather than just like, Oh, cool. I had a cool song and it like, it kind of popped. So like, I've been having these mental battles with myself being like, okay, we'll just like start it and just, stop thinking about it just like start doing that kind of thing but i don't know like it just i i just it's like it's like someone like broke my heart and like i just can't get over it and that's like my relationship with like like with shows like every god i could just talk about it forever it sounds stupid but like i just we busted our asses and i know how good it is and i know what it will do to my career and what it could have done so it just feels like i'm like constantly like waiting for that thing but like you got to just go with the time like you don't want to be like the old timer who's like oh you know this business is still good that will sell paper till the day we die it's like no one's using paper so like i don't know but that's the thing with me too is i'm very like i'm very particular with like what I liked and like, I love physical art. I love physical, physical mediums of everything. I could go on and on about how the loss of blockbuster is like one of the most tragic things to ever fucking happen. Sorry, I swore. Um, no, please but, do. It's fine. <laughs> okay. But it's just like, I don't know. Like, I think I have to continue to be that guy. Like, I guess I'm just like the, the old timer. I don't know. Like, the, the times are changing and I'm just like, Oh, remember shows? And people are like, no, we're not doing shows. Why don't you just go on TikTok and just make some stupid video and you know, your career is made. But that's the thing is everyone can just be famous now. No, 
Let's go back to the old days where like very specific people were famous or like back in the old days where like you had to be really, really good in order to get in that like really expensive room to create a record. Now it's just like everyone's doing it, but it's just working. You can't reverse the time. Yeah. So I'm just the old man going like this. You know, what's the point? So I, I don't know. I kind of got all philosophical and stuff. No, 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 no. It was fine. And honestly, like you covered other the questions that I was probably going to ask you anyway. Um, but so a lot of it, again, visual medium um, behind you is Rolling Stones, correct? That's that's the thing is you've covered all of this part of your room in Rolling Stones, old Rolling Stones. Yeah. Like I just loved like before I even got started with No Disco, like we have this these stores here in Toronto called BMV and they're really cool. Like they have like a lot of like old stuff, whether it's books or magazines or DVDs or records or whatever. So when I went, like I noticed that they had just like copies of Rolling Stone magazines. And one of the, when I was in uni, like one of the careers that I was considering was advertising. And what I always loved was print advertising. Like I just, it's just i don't know like i just love like how much like effort it took like it wasn't like now advertising where it's like hey hey you paying attention uh, this is like it was just beautiful and you know it had to be visually appealing and 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 you know you just held it and you're like wow this is beautiful and it wasn't like people like punching at your screen being like hey 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 you have to buy what i'm selling <laughs> it was like Look at this wonderful thing or something. You know what I mean? Like it was way Yeah, like, there's no more class in an ad than in like cigarette advertising from like the fifties. Like those ads are oh simply God. incredible. I have like Marlboro stuff all over <laughs> my wall. And it just it's gorgeous. It's like I don't even know where that is, but it's just the most gorgeous mountains, lovely um type. I love the typography. And it's just this gorgeous photo. And you're like, I want to smoke a cigarette now. But hey, look, like that's what they <laughs> exactly. Cool. You know, they got everyone to smoke by those, you know, they had the guys with the cowboy hats and stuff. Um, a manly man, yeah. Yeah, a manly man. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, so these are all like just ads and, and, you know, I did this like half. So I bought them and I used them as just like reference points for artwork or type or whatever. And then, when we were making the permanent residence video, not only was I actually going crazy, like there was a period between um, maybe November to like February where I'm like, oh, I've actually lost my mind. Like I was just like sitting around, I'm like, oh, like I'm actually crazy. Like all this time spent either like, you know, in hypochondria because that came back. I, I thought I had beaten that like when leading up to shows, I was like, oh, I don't care about anything. I'm healthy. And then you give me all the time in the world to think about things and that's what you get. So that, and then paired with like, so then, you know, I just kind of was like, not only would that be cool to do with my room, but like it was, you know, for the video. And then I also have the backdrop in front of me from the music video to the, you know, like the white paper um, stuff. So yeah, I think, having my room actually like I actually started to go a little bit um wacko but I think I've kind of come back especially Canada because it's very dark you know you lose that vitamin D start thinking too much but I'm starting to feel a little better now it's a seasonal depression yeah yeah I think it's real 
I don't yeah. know. People, I wonder how people in the UK are. Can't be any unwell. Good. Completely yeah. unwell. I, you know, I don't want to get into this whole mental health topic because, you know, it'll be a downward spiral. Um, I lived in Florida for four years and oh. I was like, hell yeah, this is nice, sunny all the time. And then I moved home in December 2019 and I moved back in with my parents. I was like, I'm going to move out in a few months and, you know, all this stuff's happening. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. My brother, who I was going to move out with, uh, got furloughed and I was like, I'm not going anywhere. So here we are, um, still in my childhood bedroom. And, you know, <laughs> thank God the weather's getting better, though. That's all I could think about. <laughs> yeah. But, like, funny enough, this is my childhood bedroom. There's no way, like, I'm going to do music and, like, have to pay rent every month. Like, nah, this it's expensive. So I've been very lucky that my, my parents have been very supportive and, you know, have allowed me to, to really, like, focus on this and and because it is very much a full-time job um in terms of like especially in like how i'm trying to operate it like it's a lot of work and it's um all worth it because it's all coming together and once things open up we're going to be very ready but yeah it's it's a lot of work and it's just constantly a stress and especially with the whole project coming out next month um you know, it's just a lot of, of stuff to plan out. So, yeah. Well, you're killing it. Um, you sent me the songs early and I can't thank you enough for sending them. They're so good. Um, everything you do, um, I think this time you put out a song I don't like, I will be in the wrong, to be honest, because everything you've done has just been so incredible. And I I, I love it. And I send it to everybody and I play it every time someone's in the car. And admittedly, I'm going to put myself out there with this. If somebody asks me for a song request on a dating app, I do send thoughts from your car. So because it's almost at a million, I, I, I'm I'm going to credit at least like a good chunk because I send it like every time I'm like, oh, listen to the song. Free stream. Listen, your, listen to the song. And then the dudes are like, or the ladies are like, we love this song. Some guy was like, hey, like, why did you send, why did you pick this one? And I was like, because the drums, the guitars, and I'm sorry if anybody doesn't like that, like they're, they're just not listening right. He's kind of an old friend of mine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> We go way back. <laughs> and then they go to my Instagram. They're like 1,300 followers. And they're like, oh, okay. It's not even. <laughs> no. Never Some mind. guy actually knew who you were. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's oh, really? a first. <laughs> oh. So you're getting somewhere. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about, uh, first of all, um, I, I can't say this enough how much I'm going to say like 300 more times. I, I love your stuff. Um and my personal favorite, not to pick favorites, but I do have a favorite, is Moonlight. And you picked Moonlight for the last song of this right. mixtape. And that is important to me for no reason. Um, but I'm curious if there is an importance to that. Well, it's just kind of the end, right? Mm -hmm. The end of it all. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the amalgamation of all of the things... I realized was wrong. The other party realized was wrong. And there was this kind of confrontation. And I guess Moonlight is kind of that comp confrontation. I don't know how like literal, like reading a note in my bedroom was with like the, the moonlight perfectly shown on it. And like, there's a camera crew and I'm like, I'm reading this breakup letter. Like, I don't know if it was happened like that, but 
it kind of just stands for this moment where it's like, I'm trying to do this. Well, I'm trying to do this. I don't know if, um, you know, I, I can do that. And then I'm all heartbroken. Like, well, damn, like, you know, I'm, I'm not totally ready to end this, but like, yeah, if you don't like, or not don't like, but like, you can't see yourself with someone that's doing what I'm doing or whatever, I guess we got to end it. So I kind of got confronted with this like ultimatum and then, you know, I guess like when it kind of, um, orchestrally explodes at the end and I'm going, what did you think I would do? You know, there was kind of like this confrontation about like, well, I don't know if I can do this, da, 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 da. And I got very hurt. So it, it was this kind of argument that led to the subsequent demise of it all. But, um, you know, that's, that's life. And I, (laughs) I chose, I chose to do what I'm doing for a very good reason. And this is it. So it made a record at least. So does she know? Pardon me? Does she know about this? Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) How does she, do you, have you talked to her since? I'm sorry, him or her? Um, yeah, me, me and her have, um, talked a little bit, you know, nothing, nothing. (laughs) I like to, I like to, I'm a, I'm a very communicative person. I like to like pat myself on the back for that. And this person was too. Um, so, you know, like at the end of the day, like, it's not, I never want to have this like relationship with a, an ex person and be like, Oh, you piece of shit. Like, I hate you. Like, because I hear that all the time and I'm like, no, it's like a good person. It's just like, we just, our lives don't line up. And that's what kind of got like all existential for me. Like after that ended and I had some time to like process and like, think about, you know, whatever my romantic life looks like going forward. It's like, yeah, like, I don't, what does that look like? If I'm going to be traveling here and there and there and touring and I want to tour to tour, like I want to be on the road for like the majority of the year type thing. I'm still a young man. What am I? 24 turning 25 tomorrow, actually. No way. Wait, wait, wait. Happy birthday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I should have brought a cake. I know. And maybe you could be past the swimming. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you have the technology. But, um, um, yeah, so, like, that's what I kind of realized. Like, damn, well, you could have, like, a great connection with someone and, like, one little thing is off and it just doesn't work. So, I don't know. Especially in this time, like, one of the things that kind of drove me crazy is I'm like, what does a romantic life for me even look like going forward? Like, because a lot of my friends are in relationships and stuff. And I'm just like... So am I just that guy now? Like I'm the single guy. Like I'm not, I'm not that great at that. Like, I'm not just like, whoa, well, I'm talking to this girl. Like, like, I don't know. Like I'm like the softie who's like, ah, ah, how you doing? And then they're like, ah, nice. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that good at that stuff. I realized I'm always like, I think I come on too strong or something. Like I'm, I'm like very nice out the gate. Like when I'm like trying to like talk to a new girl and they're like, ah, you're too nice. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I kind of wrote a song about that recently. It's so weird how there are all these games to dating. 
And with this person, there wasn't that. And that was very refreshing. It was very mm-hmm. like, I love you, you like me, let's talk and hang out. But other than that person, I've just had the worst <laughs> track record ever. Like it just always dies. You start talking and then, especially during COVID, gets bored, person gets bored. Um, you don't communicate what you want early enough. Uh, da, da, da. Like, there's like a million things that can go wrong. So recently I'm just like, oh my God, Dad, do I just focus on music? I almost think that there's someone like controlling me. And one of the <laughs> things is I was convinced that like I was living the Truman Show for a bit because mm-hmm. of like COVID stuff. I was like, oh, this is all a big joke, right? Where are the cameras, guys? Huh? Like, come on, come on, guys. And then just, it's been like a year and they still aren't there. And I'm like, guys, and they're just not, <laughs> they're not showing up. So I don't know. I'm just focusing on music, you know, the romantic stuff. Maybe, maybe it'll work one day, but right now, no disco. Right, no, disco is the, the prime time. And that's the love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, Going kind of more a little bit into that, each song has a different tale, a different, you know, uh, theme in it to romance to, you know, this and that. Um, the song. So you you said it was summer. What? I Because uh, on the song yeah. you sent me, it said, I can't live without you. What is what is the name that will be heard after this podcast? OK, so that song was demoed with. Mickey from Valley and Milan, Milano, like literally a year and a half ago, like we had it. And then it was like, it was always going to be like the second last song, but literally until like yesterday, this song had a very inappropriate name as a demo that was like circulating and people would just like call it by that inappropriate name, which I'm not going to say. And, and for the longest time, I was like, but then recently it's been like, okay, we have to send it to this industry person and this industry person. I'm like, well, I can't send it with that name. So I don't know why I've had such a hard time naming that song, but I have. Um, I think particularly because I like to have like very like nuanced names to, to songs and usually it comes in the chorus. But in this song, the chorus doesn't really say anything that not interesting, but like there isn't like an interesting phrase or word in it. So I had the hardest time. And then recently I've been reading this book called um, The Only the Only One, The Only Story um, by some British author named um, Ju- Julian Barnes. I know his name, um, <laughs> but I was reading like one of the paragraphs and there was something called like he said, like the sweet summer. And then I was like, yeah, it wasn't a sweet summer, but it was the second summer we were together that this, because, because this song second summer is that conversation mm-hmm. previous to moonlight. It's like, it's, it's very like, it's very, um, like it's very much a story. Like it starts and it's just like, I never know what I'm doing. Would you come with me to Los Angeles? And Los Angeles is just like a, it's become such a cliche, but I kind of use it in a general sense of like, would you like come and travel with me to do music or would you be okay with that? Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of that conversation before moonlight, my bedroom. And obviously it didn't go very well, but, um, 
yeah, it's called Second Summer because it was the second summer we had together. And I just thought that was a cool name and it kind of rolls off the tongue. So that shit slaps. <laughs> Period. Like that's that's the sentence that I so POV, I'm sitting right in the same spot yesterday when you sent it. And right. I press play i like threw my i was like up and i was like just jamming i was like this is so fun and i've been like slowly like getting into more of like 90s music just because i love that sound um and like when I, the, the second i press play i was like oh i need to get out of my chair like we need to stand up and listen to this song because that's like the vibe and i it might take my favorite spot um in front of moonlight but we need to listen listen to some more um and it but i definitely think it's going to be um one of my top songs on spotify this year once once we get there i hope so yeah it's um for me, I was just like, I don't know. I think this is a really cool song and it's going to be, it is very cool live. Like it's insane live, like especially that bridge where it just goes to the drums. And then like, I'm like, hit that snare, bang. And live, it's just like the coolest thing. But I just never like thought of it as like a standalone song. But I don't, everyone I show it to is like, yo, this is it. And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I've realized that I don't know, like when love you early didn't perform that well, but then again, like, who was I? So like, there's, yeah, who are you? I don't even know. No, but I mean, like, I mean, like, I don't have a label. I don't have anything. So I'm literally just banking on like having a right playlist, having like a fluke, you know, like when you don't have those, that infrastructure, it is very much like you're, you don't know what's going to happen. Things have started to build ever since then. And I definitely have way better of an infrastructure now, but until you have a label, like guaranteeing things, it's like kind of a shot in the dark, but you know, with love you early, I thought that that was going to be a, the song. I was just like, that's going to be it. And then it wasn't. And then permanent residence. I was so sure was going to be the biggest no disco song. And it's just not doing well at all. And I'm like, okay, I don't know anything, clearly. So with this song, <laughs> yeah, if it's good, people seem to like it. I don't know. Maybe it will do well. I'm going to try very hard. And like every time I put out a song, I'm going to try very hard to make sure it does well. But that's what's weird about these times. And like you just, you don't know unless you have like the backing for it. But the other thing that I say to people too is like the other way that songs have like a second life and, and get propelled is from shows because let's say like permanent residence isn't a single, but you come and see me live and I play it live and I'm playing it live like 30 days in a row to different people everywhere. Even if it wasn't a song that came up on new music Friday, they heard it live. They're going home. They're like, Holy shit. I heard that live. Let me go bump that. But now like, Especially because that's why I'm not doing the full length album thing either. And that's why I'm not, unfortunately, I didn't know if people, I didn't know if even you would be kind of disappointed, but that's why I'm only doing like two songs for the full thing is because I'm also giving this to people as an ex listening experience, which mm -hmm. is always what I've always championed and loved is like sitting down and being like, this is now like a new way to listen to all these songs. But it's also because I don't want to just like have songs go up and they don't get the life that they need. 
like especially in this no-show world spotify kind of works to just like promote one song when you're putting out a project yeah so i didn't want to put like five songs out and then i only get to promote or have one go to like pitching for playlists and then the rest of them don't get the love they deserve because i'm not touring and i just don't have like the fans yet to digest the whole piece of work is that you get what i'm saying yeah and that answers my question i was was literally gonna ask you i was like you've played last time we made out on live streams i need like i i've been waiting on it and it's not in there but i will wait longer (laughs) um yeah so sorry (laughs) yeah just to yeah to to kind of speak on that more like yeah there's so many songs that are kind of sitting in the vault but um once this is over we're gonna like demo a bunch of them and one of them is going to be the last time we made out i still need to finalize who the the female is going to be but um yeah it's just like i don't think i would be as concerned if the world were operating the way that it usually does but especially now like i think i'm I'm working on getting on a better cycle of releasing single songs like if I, if it is going to be single songs i think i need to be a little quicker with it but um yeah like with with no touring like there isn't there isn't like even a way of kind of notifying people of these songs because people are just so passive in how they listen now anyway so i don't know it's been very hard it's like i'm i'm just all clinging to all these old timey things when like the world's a changing (laughs) no you got you got to move on chris you got to move on from this lady friend and you, you gotta, gotta get pushed by a cane because you're you know a little boomer yeah. over here <laughs> yeah I'm a boomer, like come on i'm damn near 50 already 50 years old and you know, get off hey. my lawn <laughs> hey, I, started, I, I started this damn quarantine at 23 and i'm turning 25 tomorrow that's yeah. scary yeah <laughs> i i think about that a lot <laughs> Because I also always kind of had this, like, um, I was like, oh, I have to start by a certain age because then you get old and, 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 and then, and then uh, no one cares because you're old. And then uh, and I was always just like, I manifested that. I manifested way too many things that I shouldn't have. And that's honestly one of them. Like, still in my, I'm just hitting my mid-20s now. Like, it, it's okay. But, yeah, I just, I... I very self-righteously gave myself that name, the king of overthinking and thought it's, it's true. This is a man who thinks a little bit too much. So recently I've, I think I've, I've started to break away from that. I'm a little less thinky. Hey, teach me those ways. Cause like I need help with, <laughs> let oh. me know your tips and tricks. <laughs> so it's this thing called booze, right? Okay. No, I'm, I'm okay. I mean like, let me just turn around. <laughs> No, it, you it don't helps. see the the three white claws I have over here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> ah, white claw. I had one of those last night, actually. Aren't they just like just now getting Canada? Isn't that a thing? Like they weren't in Canada before? No, they, they've been here since like last summer. But I think they give it to us in like even bigger cans. Like you guys have like the tall slimmy. And then mm-hmm. we, I think Canadians are kind of like the British. Like we kind of like drink more. I think. <laughs> I don't know, but like we have like a big can of it. So I don't know. It was good. 
It's good. Good. I watched I'm, it. I'm glad you've yeah. had that experience now. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a good night. Um, so I want to talk about touring and we've already touched on it a ton, but kind of more in a specific optimist sense. Um, where do you want to go and who do you want to be with? Where, where do I want to go? Who do I want to be with? I want to mm-hmm. go everywhere. Okay. And who do I want to be with? Like in terms of tour? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it, it, it would be very nice to be with friends. Like, I don't, it's, I think a lot of touring too, like helps with like relationships with the artists. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that I'm hoping to like really expand on the summer. So like a given is like Valley, like they're friends of mine and we, we all like, you know, my drummer has been like best friends with like Alex, the bassist since they were kids. So like it would, it would be a very easy way to tour because like we're all friends and stuff, but like big picture like i don't know like there's there's so many and at this point like i just want to i just want to play shows like it it really doesn't matter i remember like i did like a i did like a instagram like ask me anything or something the other day and someone's like dream venue to play at and i'm just like literally any venue anywhere Let me play your backyard. Let me play, uh, you know, your grandmother's house. Let's the crump backyard is open all summer. There's a pool. Let me know. Okay. Um, I'll rent out a stage. Okay. We don't even need a stage. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Let's do the stage. Okay. We we'll just it's open. Um, it. I'll send the Addy. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get it popping. <laughs> Good. Can't wait. Um, I so I love concert venues and I love to experience new ones. Um, so I would love to see you at 930 Club here in DC. It's kind of an iconic one here. Um, and it's it's so it's the acoustics and there's just a lot of history to it. So if you're booking DC, first of all, I'd be hurt if you weren't, but I understand, I understand the constraint. Um, 930, you should, uh, it's, it's kind of, I think it's like a 4,500 cap, but. Oh my God. We can make it happen. Listen, listen. (laughs) Fall, couple more songs, some TikTok and some e-boy stuff. We'll be there. Okay. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Not mine either. Mine either. That's why I'm saying it. (laughs) Um, Let's see. What else do I have on the plate? Oh, um, you talk a lot about, um, I did a lot of reading of interviews that you've already done, um, to kind of, you know, make sure I, you know, had my stuff straight. Um, Max Martin is somebody you talk about a lot. Yes. And I found a downward spiral of looking into stuff he's done because, um, so Sydney and I love Jack Antonoff, everything he's done. And we kind of did a self exploration of producers we listen to personally, and yeah. they all were connected. Um, all of the pop punk stuff I listened to was connected. Every, everything was connected in some way, shape or form. So when I looked into Max Martin, I was like, there's no fucking way. Like this guy has done everything. Yes. Um, so if you want to talk about, you know, why you kind of favor his stuff and then other producers you kind of aspire and look, look up to. Yeah. The thing, okay. Yeah. The thing about Max Martin is like, he's just a scientist. Like I, I kind of like, so when I was younger, the way that I wrote was very like, like 
like matter of record. Like I would literally, like there wasn't much structure. I would just be like, this is how I feel. And da, 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 da. There was rhyming, but there wasn't a lot lot of structure. So I would play songs for like my brother, for example, who was the biggest critic of mine for the longest time. And he still likes to go like, Hey, what about it? You know, everyone has their opinions. Right. But anyway, so he'd be like, Chris, that's not like, it's not very pop. And I was like, "What, what do you mean? I, I love pop music. Like I'm writing a pop song. What are you talking about? He's like, ah, I don't know. So then I was like, ah, who are you, man? Like what the hell are you talking about? So then I just kind of got on this, like, it's not like I was trying to spite my brother, but I was like, well, hold on. Well, let me, let me make sure I, I get on that. So I kind of just went into this deep dive of, so I also grew up on Backstreet Boys. Like if people are like, oh, who'd you grow up on? I didn't grow up on Joni Mitchell and stuff. Like I grew up on Backstreet Boys. I, I often kind of think that people kind of like front about what they actually grew up on. It's like, oh, Joni Mitchell. It's like, I don't know if you were listening to her when you were nine. Yeah, but you were. But I was listening to Backstreet Boys. And there's definitely a nostalgia factor. But when I went back and listened to it, I was like, whole larger than life, this song that that begins this album millennium, which I have a shirt and the, the vinyl of is so good. Like if any band put this out, it would be dope. Like there's a huge guitar solo that just slaps. The chorus is dope. Everything just hits. There's this huge bridge. And I was like, and this is where like that kind of um, mentality I kind of alluded to before comes in. It's like, everyone's saying this is bad. Like, I remember when I was a kid, everyone's like, this is stupid. Backstreet Boys is dumb. Da, 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 da. It's for girls. I'm like, are you listening to the same thing I'm listening to? So as an adult, I was just like, okay, so whether it's another, a couple of people I really admire are Julian Bonetta and John Ryan, who did all the One Direction stuff. Um, like, these are dudes like me making great music, but they understand how the industry works. Unfortunately, in many ways, the industry works and like have a pretty boy, have a pretty girl, have a group of pretty boys, have a group of pretty girls, get some really great songs and have them be the face of these records that then, you know, touch millions, not physically, but you know, more, uh, a different, uh, more, <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for. It's just in the air. You know? <laughs> so, and it goes into your soul, you know? So, it does. It truly does. I, I have what makes you beautiful ingrained in my soul. So, hey, One Direction has better songs than that. Let's. Be oh, clear. I know, I know. But the- <laughs> listen, I could talk about that for hours. You do not want oh, to get I me started too. on that. <laughs> oh, I could too. But anyway, so as an adult, I'm, and especially as I'm finding myself as an artist and a songwriter and within this business or whatever, I'm like, these are just great musicians that are just making songs and they put them out through these artists like um and as a kid i'm like okay this is just cool music but as i grew older i was like oh my god john mayer as well as being like a virtuoso knows how to write a really good song and especially recently i've been going way more into like my john mayer stuff and he's just so much like I've just learned so much by really diving into his catalog. And I know that he was influenced by like James Taylor, who I've been listening to for a long time and who I love. So like, I don't know. That's, I, I kind of forget what the question was. I kind of do too, but I enjoy this conversation. A lot. Yeah, I, sorry. I just like, I can just, no, it's- yeah, I don't know this stuff. but 
Um, yeah, it's just, um, I just love the, oh, about Max Pre- Martin. Yes. Yeah, I just <laughs> love the craft of songwriting. And there's something to say whether or not, like, it's made for little girls or this or that. It's like, hey, little girls love it. And and maybe it's because the boys are just cute and you could argue that, the, you know, they're not actually that good. And it's really just <laughs> the faces driving all the sales and whatever. But, like, I don't know. I'm a 25 year old guy and I'm listening to it and I'm not just going like, Oh, Harry. Like, no, <laughs> I mean, you can, that's okay. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. I never, I never bought into the hype that much to be honest. Oh. Well, that's just me. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to pull my up all night vinyl out and, you know, <laughs> prove my hype. I'm going to pull a vinyl out. Do you know this record? Um, I just was going to tell you because you talk about Fall Out Boy or not, not the uh, Backstreet Boys as a kid. Fall Out Boy was I got into Fall Out Boy when I was in third grade and okay. that was weird. Nobody understood it. They were like, why is this like high school musical like wearing all this stuff? Why is she walking into Spencer's and buying like an old like brown like rusty like Fall Out Boy messenger bag? But that's the shit I was into in like third grade, which like nobody understood but I, meanwhile i'm like listening to from under a court tree like what the fuck is my ear like my ears are going crazy um, yeah. that's funny you pull that record yeah i that so the, the, again like how i kind of have been on about like i don't from a lot of like interviews especially like people that are like like late 90s to like early 2000s like just you listen to follow boy and stuff just like say it so like i grew up on follow boy like that record was the first album I ever bought on iTunes. I remember like literally the first album I ever bought and just amazing. Like, but again, they kind of got this like, Oh, oh, their image and that. And it's like, well, just go listen to that. It's really good. The melodies, the, 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 the lyrics are cool. A little like about nothing or like just very like hard to understand, but like, yeah, I just love that album. I like I, the main other one that I really like grew up on was uh, Infinity on High, but that's what that's what I grew up on. Like, oof, I love I love that stuff. I I would love that's one of my like goals is to like collab with Fall Boy sometime. Patrick Stump, me and him on a vocal. Let's go. My me the voice. I loved his solo album, and that's a hot take. Um, What's that? Soul Punk. Yeah, and people – first of all, there's a song named Allie, and there's never songs named Allie everywhere, so I was very excited about that. Um, But I loved it, and it got, like, so much flack because I was like, oh, like, what's he doing? Like, this is – and I was like, what the fuck? This shit is good. That stresses me out. Yeah. When can I be at a point where I can drop a permanent residence and people are like, this is cool? Like, what what affected, like, a Patrick Stump is, like – his whole audience was Fall Out Boy and then he didn't win over the press either. Like the press was still like, oh, Fall Out Boy isn't cool. They're like uh, for teens. So then when you put out that more exploratory, like, you know, well-influenced, like well-produced record, people like no one thinks it's cool. Like you have to convince people that something's cool. And that's something that I don't think of like a Patrick Stump was always like super, um, aware of or like trying to do but like it's what i'm like it's it's hard to like navigate this whole thing like it's work and like thinking of all the intricacies of it all like even i'm thinking like okay we're in this 
realm now, but like in order for me to put out like more permanent residence type shit. And then like a lot of my new stuff is very like early John Mayer and like more acoustic, like Dave Matthews band, like, like, um, like raw stuff. You have the fans and stuff, but now I almost have to convince like the high press to be like, oh, this no disco thing that's going on is cool. This whole philosophy is very interesting. And I like really appreciate you opening up about it because, you know, not a lot of people talk about that, like struggle personally with like having to do like what this person wants and what you want and the art and all of this stuff. So like this conversation alone has been like very eye opening for me. And then also just like in general, like I think for other people listening, um, do you want to play a quick game called Quick Picks? <laughs> of course I do. Okay, so I'm going to give you a very specific scenario. I've already picked out songs um, because, number one, I'll overthink it and take 10 minutes, but also um, to give you extra time to think about yours. Okay. Um, so the first one is if you're walking through a grocery store in the dead of summer and you're buying popsicles. Personally, I chose semi and Kind of Life by Third Eye Blind um, because that's very much the do-do-do of me buying a popsicle. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as soon as you mentioned grocery store, it reminded me again of my iPod back in the day. And I have a weirdly like I have weirdly um, vivid memories of listening to uh, some 41 was a Canadian is a Canadian band. Um, so their album Chuck um, back in the day. God, just me in groceries going to the grocery store with my mom as a kid in that album. Like nothing better nothing better that's that that album's pretty hardcore but it's it's great (laughs) okay okay do you have a specific song or just the entire album at the grocery store um slipping away some say um uh what's uh we're all to blame okay okay that this is not up to yet yeah it's it's great (laughs) i saw them live one time and that was fucking nuts i mean it it was older times it was probably like four years ago but it was still nuts they're crazy they they have smashes and like so much of sorry i don't want to like derail too much here but um you know so many of like the pop punk bands like some 41 simple plan like those are all canadian bands so like that's what was on the radio and that's crazy to me that that was radio music at some point what the fuck like some 41 on the radio or like simple plan was on the radio a lot even fallout boy like sugar we're going down was a radio song wow that I think is we're moving slowly to- back towards that but that's yeah, weird how that's coming back and one of the songs like the song that's going to propel the next era which i won't say too much about but has those influences in it so. incredible so, incredible anyway um, so this one is a kind of funny one. You're on the way home from a date with the person in the car and it went terribly. What are you playing on the ox? Um, I chose um, Hot Girl by Meg the Stallion um, to yeah. remind myself that if it went bad, there'll be another one. <laughs> there will be another one to show no disco to. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Um, so did this date go bad because yeah. um, the person like yelled at me and they're like, oh, I hate you. You're a piece of shit. Or was it just kind of like, oh, we didn't connect um, like, f- for entertainment value? Um, it was an argument. It was yelling. <laughs> and she gave me a note. She, the yeah, note she gave you a note. She, um, you read note it. That she gave me through the moonlight in my bedroom. Yeah. No, OK, but she gave me a note. Um, so so she was <laughs> we had an argument. Okay, so then if that's the case, what would I listen to? 
oh, how about I don't care by Fall Boy? I don't there know we go. Pop punk thing. There we go. Yeah, honestly, that's a yeah. good one too. Um, so the last final one. Um, for my my explanation award in general um for you your first grammy you're celebrating on the ride home there's limousine it's popping what are you playing oh i chose trophies by drake okay i think i would go with time to party by craig david I'm Friday. Oh, Time yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, are you in there? Are you in there? Anyway. <laughs> uh, Solid. I, yeah, I love Craig David, and that album's amazing. Born to do it. Oh, oh, man, that man's vocals, like, crazy. But, yeah, I think that, like, there would be way bigger of a playlist than that, but, like. Oh, yeah. That but the, would, just playing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's only three of those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, my brain would kind of implode if I thought of more just because they're very specific. <laughs> You're welcome to come up with one if you, you got one. Uh, I can't think of a scenario. That's okay. Um, so mm. I have a question from Sydney. Um, oh, yes. So I'm going to play the video and I'm hoping that it doesn't just explode very quickly. Um, and I'm hoping that you don't see my entire screen because that could be embarrassing. Uh-oh. Um <laughs> My my desktop is a mess. Uh, so let's see if this works. Okay. Um, perfect. Okay. So I'm just gonna play it real quick and let me know if you can't oh hear it. Oh my god! Fire shirt. <laughs> Hey, Chris, it's Sydney. Sorry I couldn't join in on the fun with you and Allie today. I will sadly be at work when you guys are doing the interview. Allie did ask me to send in a question or two if I had one, and of course I do. So I know you've pulled a lot of inspiration in the music you've already released from that kind of 90s, early 2000s era pop and R&B. And right now I'm obsessed with samples, like songs that sample older songs that sample even older songs. And I was wondering if you had any interest in the music that you work on in the future and kind of dabbling in samples to kind of really add to that nostalgia factor of the music you put out. Thanks. Um, yeah, like I've, I've kind of like flirted the idea around with Millen, like, like because I'm, I'm such like an avid listener of like older stuff and particularly like I'm obsessed over like finding the most obscure stuff that like was underappreciated and being like, what, how is this not a hit or how, how did this record not have more of like a cultural impact? So there are a few of those actually, but um, yeah, so there's definitely a couple albums that I'm and and songs that I'm thinking of, like, cause I think that would be cool, especially in the pop sense of things. Like I know it's been so historically hip hop. So like to try to do that in a pop song would be cool, but to my knowledge, you need actual, maybe that's for interpolation. I think it's for interpolation, which is a little different, but yeah, I think I, that's definitely a possibility. I said, <laughs> so thank you already for taking as much time as we did. I'm sorry for taking up your afternoon. I have one final question. It's kind of a larger question. Um, musicians have the ability and platforms to kind of leave a mark on the world. Is there any way or any specific thing you would like to specifically leave a mark on, whether smaller or bigger? Um, 
I think for me, like the reason why I'm doing music is to give people like the feeling that music had always given me. And I think that's particularly why I took it so to heart with shows is because one of the feelings that I always loved, but I was trying to chase for giving to other people was like, I would go to shows and when it was a good show, I was just like, Oh my God, what is this? This is like the best thing ever. Who are these people? Who are these? Like, uh, like it was like an experience and it like brought me to like, like I, I like the idea of coming into this space and just like feeling like this otherworldly thing was happening on stage. Like I like the idea of these people being like, like above, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I think it's just a very cool feeling that I always like, like, it's like these people are just like in, in the show and the music and everything is just like, it, it was just such a like full experience for me that I was like, I need to give people that same feeling and like that, but to, to the, like the highest quality too. And that's why it's like always like affected every single little part of the no disco thing is because like, I knew how like attentive I was to like every detail. So like not only with the artwork and the records or whatever, but with the live show, like my drummer is an incredible, incredible talent as well as my guitarist. Um, but with my drummer, he, uh, is an incredible like music director. So we're very closely working together to like make it this whole experience from the beginning. Like even like one of the things that we always talk about is like, even if you're an opening band, if you're capable of putting on like the biggest show, don't hold back on like all those tiny little details, like putting, like putting, um, you know, like having an incredible intro and interludes and just a, a beautiful, like, cohesive like professional show like that has been everything has always just needed to be that put together because i want everyone to like feel the passion that's in it and like even like the cds that i'm making for this project like they're very like detailed and, and every little um, thing about them has been thought about. And when I do vinyl, I am the biggest vinyl dude around. So like, I don't want to give people like a, a product that like doesn't live up to my standards because I'm picky about like how good, if it's a gatefold, how good the, the left sleeve is like, for example, the Bonnie Vare Bonnie Vare record is a very good example of a well-crafted vinyl where it's a, it's a gatefold, but that motherfucking left side is hard cardboard. It's not some flimsy little thing that looks like a piece of shit and whatever, like everything is going to be dialed in. And that's because I care about that. And whether or not someone cares, like, the, like even if the, you know, consumers like, consumer, not consumer, the fan or whoever buys my art, who's kind enough goes like, is like, oh, I don't care. Like what the hell the vinyl is made of. Maybe they don't, but then there's someone like me out there. That's like, uh, he did that because that's what matters. Right. It all matters. Like every little thing, every little small detail that you put into something, so oftentimes like you think like, oh, someone's not going to catch it. But like, I've always known that I catch it. So like, 
I got to be careful. And I'm always like, oh, can't miss one little thing because then that one person that kind of consumes like me is going to be like, hey, this isn't cool enough. You didn't do it well enough. And then I have this internal breakdown and I start crying and I enter this room again for months. And then there's it's more the stuff entire on the room wall at that point. It's my entire room and my hair is down to here. And it just becomes that. We don't want that. So that's why we dial everything in. That's what we say. Me and my, or Chris Borges, my, my wonderful videographer and photographer, it's dialed in. Wow. Well, thank you so much for all of your time. Um, Hopefully this was an all access pass to someone's new favorite artist. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. And Ali, you are an incredible interviewer and this is a great platform and I'm excited for you and I'm excited to meet you and Sydney in the future. And then you'll see this thing that I'm talking about, right? Which is cool. 